Well, you guys ready to get in the word tonight? I know I'm ready. I'm really trusting the Lord because this subject on Thanksgiving, you know, we call this series the victorious lifestyle of Thanksgiving. And we said many things about Thanksgiving. You know that Thanksgiving connects us to victory. It connects us to triumph. It actually connects us to the blessing of God. We said this, that Thanksgiving puts things in motion to connect you to what God has provided for you in Christ. So no Thanksgiving, and it's going to be really hard for you to be connected to that. Does that make sense? Thanksgiving is to be something that's a lifestyle. And we said this, you have to cultivate it. This is not something that's an event. This is not something that's just a decision. It's it's something you cultivate in your life. Have you ever, you know, like if if you're going to go and plow the ground, do you notice that they have these really sharp blades that has to break stuff up? And they're, they're cultivating that ground. And that's what you have to do. Do you know we got to break up and get our flesh under control to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving? The Word of God says so much. We've been talking, we're going to talk more about it tonight. This is, good, this is week, I think, five in the series. Or I think maybe, what is it? I think it's six. Six in the series. But this will be the third week that we spent on about how thanksgiving connects you to the grace of God. Thanksgiving connects you to the grace of God. I want you to believe with me tonight for utterance because sometimes it's really hard to convey a spiritual truth because it's a flow, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a black and white principle. This is not something that to, to live a life of thanksgiving, you go, well, yeah, you know, I get it, pastor. I just need to be thankful. Well, yeah, but, but it's, it's to be thankful. Listen, all hell will come against you to be thankful. Right? Remember we said this, there is no place between being thankful and being unthankful. There's no place. There's no middle ground. If you're not thankful, you're unthankful. Let's go ahead and put that... Um, that thing that Ryan made up so graciously. We, we have this going here where it talks about if we live out of our spirit, we'll walk in humility. In other words, we'll walk in the perception of the truth that without God, we can do nothing. And what that will do, that will cause us to be thankful and it will connect us to the grace of God which is God's ability. It's God's strength. It's now, it's his divine influence on our, on our spirit man and, it, and it's manifestation out of our life. It's manifested power. It's manifested ability. It connects us to the grace of God, the very finished work of Christ. But if we will live out of our flesh, see, you're not a body, you're not flesh, you're a spirit. But your, your old nature, that, that flesh nature, that it's the mind that's still in your flesh will try to pull you a different way. It'll try to get you to look at natural circumstances, which are very real. They're true. They're factual. But we don't live by that. We don't live by facts. We live by the truth of God's word, which trumps facts. In the natural it might, there might be no way in the natural for it to happen, but the truth is God makes a way where there is no way. He said that, right? The diagnosis might be, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. You will not make it. This sickness will end in death, but God says no. No, 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 no. I know something, the truth of the fact that Jesus bore your sickness, carried your pain, redeemed you from the curse of sickness and disease will, will cause, it'll trump the facts and change the facts to come in line with the word. But if you live out of your flesh, what manifests is pride, which now you're living in the perception 
which is a lie that everything is up to you. It's on your strength and your ability. It's, it's in myself, I can do this. And that will cause you to be unthankful because you will think, two, there's two major roads you go down. Well, listen, you know, God needs to bless me because, you know, I, I mean, I went to Bible school and, and I pray every day. And I read my Bible and you know, I mean, the first dime out of every dollar I tithe and then I give, I give offerings on top of that. And I do that year after year after year. And I'm, I'm telling you, I forgive people and I walk in love. So I deserve to be healed. If you think you deserve it, it's impossible for you to be thankful so that means it's impossible for you to be connected to the blessing of it. And, and when you're unthankful, what happens now is I am walking and depending on my own influence and ability. And in ourself, we're just not going to be enough. Right? So, so where does this all start? This is why Satan, he is called the devil. Right? We're not, we're not ignorant of his devices. That word devices in the word of God, it means his mind schemes and mind games. He is the devil. That's, that's literally the Greek word diabolos, right? Dia. See, when, when you really look at it, his real name is adversary, it talks about our adversary, the devil. Start to look at that in the Greek. Adversary is literally his name. The devil is literally his, it, it, it tells us his job description. It's how he operates all the time. How does he operate? Dia. He's trying to penetrate through something by abolos, by throwing something blow after blow after blow. Well, we know what he does. He throws thoughts. Do you know everything? I mean, today, think about today. You got texts, you got emails, you've got phone calls, you had conversations, you heard things, you might have listened to teaching. And what happened when you heard these voices and these things? Thoughts came. If your body, uh, something hits your body where it's aching or if it's hurting, it's talking to you. And then just by default, the enemy's trying to throw thoughts. Why? Because if he could get you to take that thought, and how do you take a thought? By speaking it. Right? All of a sudden, you're worried about something. Man, this is not looking good. And what happens when you take the thought? It goes from, in your mind, this is not looking good, to all of a sudden, you're talking. Hey, this is not looking good. You're starting to take that thought. And that'll eventually build into a belief which will cause an action and which will produce a result. So that's where it all starts. Whether you live out of your spirit or your flesh is going to depend on what you're looking at. You fix your eyes on Jesus, and this is Jesus. Right? This is the written word of God, which reveals the living word of God, Jesus. Right? Well, if you look at him, what's gonna, what it'll produce is humility, thankfulness, and it'll connect you to the grace of God. But if you give in and start looking at circumstances and what's going on in your life, I'm telling you, it'll take you down a wrong road. So thankfulness, we've got to get this right. I can tell you this, this is a foundational piece Remember 1 Corinthians 15, 57, right? Now thanks be unto God, which does what? Which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thanks be to God. I thank him because he gives me the victory through Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.13, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph 
in Christ. These are two major scriptures that we've got to get. Always know this. Thanksgiving, we've said this every time. Thanksgiving increases your capacity to receive from the Lord. So that's why the Bible says, in how many things are we to give thanks? In all things. Does it say we give thanks for all things? No. Right? I don't give thanks for something. I give thanks in it. Why? Because I know he always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. So let me say this. When we look at, when we look at humility, thanksgiving is an exercise in true humility. See, when you're humble, when you live under the perception of the truth that without God, I can't do nothing, I don't have anything, when you live in the truth of that, now you're going to be thankful for everything. Aren't you thankful that he loves you tonight? That he saved you? I'm so thankful we didn't get what we deserved. But see, if you live over here and you start thinking, well, I'm all that. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a spiritual leader in our church. You know, that's a statement that you never hear a spiritual leader in a church say. Right? Well, I'm just this great man of God. You know, you never hear a great man of God or a great woman of God call themselves a great man or woman of God. Right? Because they're humble. They realize, I am who I am only by the grace of God. But see, there's another ditch over here where you are also saying, listen, I have lived a good life. I've done good things. I don't deserve what's happening to me right now. And that will cause you to be unthankful, which will cut you off. So the Bible says in all things, in all things we give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thanksgiving is acknowledging your help. Do you know when somebody does something for you and you thank them, you're acknowledging their help. Father, I'm so thankful that you've given me another day. I'm so thankful for your working in and through my life. I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful that my future's secure. So then we, we looked at 2 Peter chapter 1 in verse 2, and it says that grace, see, thankfulness connects you to the grace. Now we gotta get this. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Thanksgiving Living a life of thanksgiving will connect me to the grace of God, which is the finished work of Christ. It's everything that God did for me in Christ. It is literally God's ability that literally comes in and influences my my heart and reflects out of my life in the form of healing, provision, peace, joy, strength, everything, love, everything. But it says here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how is grace and peace multiplied to us? It comes to us through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus. Well, where do we gain that? right here and we need the holy spirit to do that because we can't see this we need him to bring revelation knowledge so we we give him first place in our lives the holy spirit has first place in everything because he is my guide he is my everything he's the one that stirs me he's the one that strengthens me he's tonight he's the one who's teaching us who will he teach? Those who have ears to hear. Will he, will he push himself on you? Absolutely not. But the hungrier you are, the more he'll move in your life. 
because he loves you. It says here, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18, it goes on to say, but grow in grace. So this is something that we grow in. Second Peter one, two, grace and peace be multiplied to you, not even added, multiplied through the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, right? Now it says, but grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So we see that growing in grace is not a one-time event. It's, it's continuous. We are to continually grow in grace. So what that tells me is I'm to grow in thanksgiving. I'm, to, I'm as thankful as I am today. I'm going to be more thankful tomorrow because I become more aware of what I've been given in Christ. And, and the more thankful that I am, the more that it increases my capacity to receive. Listen, the grace of God is unlimited. Yeah. It's, it has nothing to do. See, it's not about what God can do. It's about what you can believe. It's about what you can receive. It's all about that. I mean, Jesus, over and over, your faith has made you whole. Be it unto you according to your faith. See, we're the limiting factor here. But this is why we've got to live a life of thanksgiving. This is huge. To grow in grace, you must learn how to humble yourself to express gratitude to God. This is why worship is so very important. And I'm telling you, you're not going to have a revival without strong worship. You just won't. Because the more a Christian wakes up and is revived, the more they awaken to righteousness, the more thankful they are. And so this is, this is how... You grow. See, to, in order to express gratitude to God, I have to humble myself. He will never humble me. There's not one scripture in the Bible that says he will humble a New Testament believer. He won't do it. The Bible always says that we are to humble ourselves, right? But we're to grow in grace. Hallelujah. So we've been saying that grace, this Greek word charis, the definition is the divine influence or God's influence on your heart and its reflection in your life. Every, all the things of God, everything he's placed in you is to reflect out of you. The more you grow, the more, the more you grow in knowledge of God, the more you grow spiritually, the more reflection so if you find yourself sitting and not doing anything in the body of Christ, start growing in grace and you'll start being stirred to do something. Because you're here, not for you, you're here to produce fruit, right? So this is a big telltale sign. If you just come to church to receive only and never to give out, you're not going to get very much because you're not in the right place. So see, as you grow, just expect that. All of a sudden, you start going to work, and all of a sudden, you start caring about these people you're working with. I mean, not just in a natural sense. You start, it starts burning in your heart. You start going to Walmart or Hy-Vee or Baker's or Sam's or Costco, and you see all these people, and all of a sudden, you're walking around going, these people need to know the Lord. Yes, they do. You start to get free because you realize that you're not here for you. Amen. You know, you get involved in your local church. You get involved in your life. You make yourself available. And what happens is as you're sowing into others, God is harvesting into you. That's just the way it works. And you'll never get away from that. This, this whole entertainment church thing is, is not, there's no life in it. 
There's no life in it. So this word is talking about God's influence. We started to talk about this a little bit. The grace of God, God's influence on your spirit, man, and its reflection out of your life, it is for the purpose of attracting people to you. It will attract your fruit. It will literally attract and bring success to you. It'll bring increase to you. So this is why if there's no thanksgiving, there's no capacity, which means there's very little reflection. You know, we come to church and we, we come to prosperity seminars and we want to learn every principle in the word because I need more money and I want more things. And everybody leaves frustrated because all they're thinking about is me, 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 me. And that is not the gospel. But if you walk in the grace of God and all of a sudden you're thankful for this 1990 car that you have and you keep it clean and you're thankful for this one bedroom apartment that you have and you keep that clean and you know when whatever clothes you have you polish them or you wipe them as good as you can and and you walk around and you're thankful for what you have see what God will do. See what God will do for you in a company when instead of sitting by a water cooler or with other people in a lunchroom and, and talking bad about the company, you start, you start literally making it a precedent to pray for your supervisor, pray for the managers, pray for that company. Father, this company has to increase because I'm here. I don't care if you're a janitor. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Listen, it doesn't matter. Your job is not to provide your lifestyle. It's to provide seed. And you're to sow that seed into the kingdom of God. And, and that harvest will bring the lifestyle. Because listen, listen, God didn't call you on this earth to do nothing, to have nothing. He called you on this earth and he wants to lift you above every circumstance you ever face. And show the world how good God is so that they could come to know him. See, this is what this is about. But no thanksgiving, no capacity to receive the grace of God, which means no reflection. Could it be that what is keeping people from really starting to walk in some of the blessings that God has for them, could it be the difference between this in church and this could it be that simple could it could it be as simple as sitting in church going okay come on that we we need to this service is way too long versus versus coming hungry could it be that simple it is that simple it is true it's true that thanksgiving connects you it connects you. It increases your capacity to receive from him. It increases this ability of the grace of God to influence your life and reflect out of you. I love that. So God, in other words, has placed something in you, his grace, that will literally draw people to you. It'll bring success to you. It's specific to you. Sarah, there is a place of grace that Sarah has that literally has been made for her and not another human being that has ever lived on this earth. There are things the Holy Spirit wants to deposit. There are blessings from this word that will produce things that will only produce it in her life. You have a very specific place with God. And that's why to increase your capacity to receive and walk in it, it's thankfulness. I'm telling you, when I see somebody come down here and worship, you know, it's, 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 it's awesome to see when people come down and they start worshiping God. Or when you see their hands raised. Now, and, and I'll be honest with you. This is why 
when I come into a service, I stand here, and just so you guys know, you know, if you sit behind me, listen, be blessed. You don't have to hear me sing. But my eyes are closed most of the time because I, I just get all the distractions out because I want to worship him. Because I understand, see, as I worship God, it increases my capacity now to, to reflect the grace of God as I minister his word. This is why you're never going to see us, you'll never see this church have a guest minister that comes in after worship. Won't happen. Well, I just, you know, some guest minister, you know, I just, I just really like, I, I just really, you know, I, I just can't have anybody talk to me and I just got to be alone and I got to pray before a service. Well, that's great. Man, there's a lot of churches that'll have you, but not ours. Right? Because I want, I want this person right down here getting, a, getting in the flow of what the Holy Spirit is doing. So important. So, so very important. Grace, the divine deposit of the very ability of Almighty God. Now think about that. What is the, what is the magnitude of his ability? Do you think, do you think his ability, if, if he was to literally manifest in your life, do you think he could get you out of debt in a year? Uh, let me tell you, he can get you out of debt by 751, and it's 750. His capacity is unlimited. We're the limiting factor. But as we learn how to thank him, see, this is why it says all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus said this, listen, be it unto you according to your faith. Wow, I mean, these are blank check things, right? Grace is the divine deposit of the ability of God in a person which produces outward manifestations of his ability. See, God, see, this is not a fake it till you make it thing. The deposit has to be in you in order for it to come out of you. Do you see that? Well, your ability to receive that deposit has everything to do with your ability to thank him. So how do you increase that? You can tell if a person is very thankful to the Lord because they'll be very thankful to everybody. Show me somebody who's never thankful to, their, to, to fellow human beings and, and it's just reflecting that they're not thankful to God. Right? Remember, remember the first night? First night, Romans chapter 1. The Bible says that when people, human beings, chose not to glorify God as God and were not thankful, they were given over to their vain imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. It's the doorway to everything. So Satan is going to try to get you to not be thankful. So I'm telling you, it'd, be, it'd do you really well to walk around with a list of what you're thankful for. Right? Hallelujah. So grace is not only about what I don't deserve. Remember that definition of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. But it's not only about that. It is also about each of us how we have a special place of grace with God. You have a special place of grace upon your life that you can literally receive his ability in your life so that it manifests out of your life to fix everything in your life. Every problem in your life, if it's in your life, it's because you're allowing it. Now, that's hard to swallow sometimes. Man, if there's any pride in you, that'll connect with that. Hey, pastor, you better just, now you're starting to, you're starting to get on that last nerve, right? Well, I don't have a problem with being on your last nerve as long as it leads you to victory. Amen? Amen. 
So this is huge. This place of grace, we said this, it causes the Holy Spirit's presence to go everywhere that I am to go and to be upon everything that I am to do. His presence is is everywhere. See, when a person is having trouble and they're like, man, I just don't know. I just don't know how to be led by the Spirit. What they're saying is they don't understand what God's future is for them. They don't know the will of God for their life. And if they'll start being thankful and they'll start putting the word first, all of a sudden, the word will show them. It'll, it'll, it'll calm them down. It'll get their eyes on Jesus. And all of a sudden, all things become possible. It's so, so very important. God's presence will always manifest when you do what God has called you to do. The problem in the church right now is we're wondering why God's not moving, but we're not doing what God's called us to do. So that's why his presence is not manifesting. And so the world is not seeing it, but we can change that. Follow God's plan and purpose for your life, and you will always walk in his manifest presence. Well, what, what, what's his plan for my life? Well, here's a big one. Walking in love. Walking by faith. Right? We know that a little bit, but you'll never know how to do that unless you get this word in your heart and the light of it comes out of your heart, washes over your mind, and becomes a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So in other words, you've got to put the word first place. You have to put it first place. God... He will always be there to help you if you'll do that. So grace, in other words, provides a place for you and I in the very presence of God. Now, you're always in the presence of God, but we're talking about the manifest presence where it's affecting you. The more we gain knowledge of Jesus, the more we grow in grace is what the word of God is saying. We grow, in other words, in knowing who we are in Christ. Every prayer of supplication in the New Testament is not to get God to do things for you. It's to get you to see what he's already done for you. Every one of them. So let's look at John chapter 4 and verse 34. You guys doing okay tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 4, verse 34. I want to take a little snapshot into the life of Jesus on this earth. And I want to show you what we were talking about. We're talking about the grace of God. We're going to see how Jesus lived. He, He was full of grace, which meant his capacity to receive The grace of Almighty God was at full capacity, and so it was manifesting out of his life all the time. It says here in John 4, 34, Jesus said unto them, my meat, this this King James word meat is talking about, it would be translated, this Greek word means my food, my nourishment, And it would be translated, my strength is to what? Is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Jesus was saying that literally what feeds me, what nourishes me, what strengthens me is to do the will of my father and finish his work. Jesus wasn't here to do his work he was here to do his father's work to carry that out i'm not here to do my work this isn't my church you're not my people right i'm here to do the work of jesus my lord he's the great shepherd i'm the under shepherd and my food my nourishment, what strengthens me. We talk about ministry burnout. How does that fit into this verse? No, no, no. Doing the will 
It strengthens me. It doesn't deplete me. So if I'm getting depleted, I'm not doing the will. Wow, right? That's deep, isn't it? So Jesus is saying right here that his father's influence on his life was so great that all Jesus wanted to do or say is what the father wanted him to do or say. His influence was so great. Do you see that? The grace, the divine influence of his father was so great on him that the reflection was all I want to do is what he has called me to do. And that's the way we are to live. And when you live like that, you are living in Zoe life. Because you're getting to know who God is. In other words, in this verse, Jesus, we're seeing a picture, a Polaroid snapshot of Jesus operating in God's grace. Look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Luke 2, 52. It says this about Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor. He increased. That's like miraculous. See, that's how, he had to lay down all of his godly attributes because Jesus, before he came to earth and took upon flesh, could not possibly increase in wisdom. He could not possibly increase in favor. Guess what that Greek word favor is? Could you even begin to guess? Let me help you. It is the Greek word charis. So he increased. As he grew up, he increased in wisdom. Well, that tells me he meditated in the word because the wisdom of God comes out of the word. See, an angel didn't appear to Jesus and say, hey, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. No, no, Jesus no doubt was meditating in Isaiah 61 and he discovered what he was here for in the same way we do. He increased in wisdom. He increased in stature. But he increased in, this, in his father's influence upon his heart and its reflection out of his life which tells me he had to live a life of thanksgiving. He didn't walk around, you know, I'm the son of God. Be careful if I flip my finger, I might just blow something up, right? No, no, he walked around with a smile on his face. You know how I know that? Because you couldn't keep kids away from him. Kids don't run up to a 30-year-old man. They don't run up to him and hang on his, uh, on his robe and you know, pull on his prayer shawl and all this other stuff, right? They don't do that to somebody who's not happy. He lived a life of worship. He had to because the principles are all over the book. See, Our relationship with God, if you look at the Bible in an aerial view, is likened to one of a father to a child. Right? The father's influence is to be seen in the children. That's the goal. In other words, we are to act like our father. Now for all you single parents out there, don't get bummed out. Because they have a father. I don't care if they... I never knew my biological father. My father. Who is he? Oh man, he's just... He's the most high. He's influencing me all the time. To be honest with you, he's influencing me right now. I can't hardly talk about it. Because I talk, when I talk about it, man, I go instantly to a place. What place do I go? It's that place of grace. That's for me. Like right now, I could feel my spirit, man. I mean, I could feel it. Come on. It's amazing. And the older I get, I believe the more I'm going to be influenced by my father, the more I'm going to act like him. It's going to reflect. That's what we're talking about. Grace is a place. 
It's a position with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, boy, I don't want to run out of time here, but I think I might. So where do I want to go? You know, let's... I wanted to talk a little bit about Moses, but instead of that, I've been teaching a verse-by-verse study through the book of Colossians with the men on Tuesday morning. And, uh, you know... This book is is amazing. It's only four chapters. But, you know, to give you an idea, I have a 50-page outline on chapter one. So it's just, it's crazy. But it's wonderful. So I I want you to go to Colossians chapter one and verse nine because I want to look at a few verses here. It's a prayer of supplication that Paul prayed. And we're going to kind of dive a little into this. We're not going to go crazy, crazy into it. But you're going to see, you're going to see how you're, you're going to basically see right here in this prayer of supplication. See, a prayer of supplication is it helps you lay hold of the plan of God for your life. How does it do that? Because the grace of God influences, your, God himself, his grace influences your spirit and then reflects out of your life. So this will give us a picture. That's how you lay hold of the plan of God. So verse 9 Paul's, Paul's saying this, for this cause also, for what cause? Well, if you go back to verse four, he's like, listen, the, the people at the church in Colossae that are walking by faith and walking in love towards their brothers and sisters, because I've seen that, for this cause we also, since the day that we heard you were walking by faith and walking in love, do not cease to pray for you. And this word pray means a fervent, heartfelt prayer. I do not cease to pray a fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer. Paul prayed this all the time for these people. Constantly. And to desire what? That you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul literally says, it burns in my heart night after night, day after day. I never stop praying this for people that are walking by the faith of God and walking in the love of God. I'm praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, how do you grow in grace? We grow in grace and in the knowledge of of God and Jesus Christ. How is grace multiplied? Through the knowledge of God and his son Jesus. So this is what he's saying. I'm praying, I pray this all the time, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. What is that? His will for your life. See, how in the world can you walk out God's plan for your life if you don't know? So Paul is like, listen, you guys are continuing in the word. I'm praying that you'll know. Man, you need to know if you're single and you have a desire to be married, you need to know. Listen, I don't have to fret. I don't have to worry about this. God has a husband or a wife for me. And the only thing I know, they will be more than I could ever imagine because every good and perfect gift comes from above. If you're in financial trouble, you need to know. That God has a future for you of abundance. You need to know if you have sickness in your body tonight, that God's will for your life is not sickness and disease. You have to be filled with the knowledge of his will for your life in all what? Wisdom and spiritual understanding. Real interesting. Wisdom. The amplified version gives us a parenthetical definition of wisdom. It calls it comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. God wants you filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. Comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. God wants you to know how he works and how he's going to work in your life to get you from where you are to his perfect place. But not only that, 
and spiritual understanding. This Greek word spiritual understanding literally means in the Greek a mental putting together. It's like this. Have you ever had a principle in the word of God where all of a sudden all the dots connect and you're like, wow. Right? Pastor Edwin teaches AP physics, AP chemistry. You've probably seen it in your students. They're struggling, they're struggling, but they work and work and work and eventually, bam, it comes together. That's a mental putting together. I understand this now. God wants you to understand. He wants you to put it together in your soulish realm what kind of future God has for you. See, it's one thing to be discouraged, but Satan wants you to move you to a place of despair. What that means is you're looking to your future and you're saying my future is never going to change. It's never going to get better. Despair will lead you to suicide. It'll lead you to addictions. It'll lead you to all kinds of stuff. Right? So he wants you to be filled with this. A mental putting together. The amplified version says of this word spiritual understanding a discernment of spiritual things. Now, Paul is praying this for Christians, so that tells me you can be saved and not be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because if, you, if, you, if we automatically all were, he would have no reason to pray that. Right? Paul prayed for people to grow in the word that they had been taught See, always know this, revelation knowledge of the word of God, what it will do is bring stability in your life. Do you know any Christians that they go from one disaster to another disaster to another disaster? Yes, but there's an overwhelming thing. They're looking at natural things, right? They're not in the word. They're not in church. So they're literally living under their own influence, hoping it works out. Boy, do we need to help these people. Because this is, God did all this for them. And, and, and literally, ignorance is a, the reason why a lot of them are walking in that. They just don't know. Right? Revelation knowledge. Never, never forget that. It will bring stability into your life. If you want to have a stable life in every way, get revelation knowledge of the word of God. Not head knowledge, but pastor, I could quote all these scriptures. Don't care. Now, but that's exciting. Quote the scriptures. So start quoting them. Because when you start quoting, I can do all things through Christ, it strengthens me. And you start quoting that maybe 100, 200, 300 times a day. All of a sudden, that light will go off in your spirit. And you're like, wow, I can do all. And, and it won't be because you're anything. You'll be like, it'll be the divine grace of God. You'll be like, I can do all things. The emphasis will no longer be on you. It'll be through Christ who strengthens me, right? Once the word is learned, it must be applied against all the circumstances of your life. Don't be afraid of that, because none of those circumstances can stand up to the word of God. They have to bow. The Bible says every name, every knee, everything bows to Jesus. Cancer diabetes, arthritis, poverty and lack, bankruptcy. I don't care what it is. Hopelessness. Everything bows to Jesus. So we see that wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. See, what happens is God's will comes into your life in the form of his word, but it comes out of your life. See, it comes out, the wisdom of God comes out of that, but also with the wisdom of God comes the desires of the Lord for your life. And it shows you your place, your future. There's no way that we could ever fulfill God's plan if we don't know it. So in other words, step number one, the starting point for a Christian is you've got to know the will of God. Step number two, you've got to be willing to act on it. Do you know how many Christians, they know the will of God 
is that they are to honor God in their finances, but they're not willing to act on it. Right? That's, that's a problem. Do you know how many Christians know it's the will of God that they walk in love and forgive people, but they won't act on it? How do you get to that place where you act on it? I've got great news for you. If you do not want to do something, just start meditating in the word in this area. Man, there's no way I'm ever tithing. Just start walking around and start quoting scriptures on tithing. It won't be very long that all of a sudden you'll actually be coming to me going, man, pastor, I started tithing. I'm excited about this. I have no idea. Here's the overwhelming thing I hear from people that start tithing. I have no idea why I didn't do this before. Two years later, wow, you couldn't, this is not mine, this is God's. Four years later, eating's optional, living in a house is optional, driving a car is optional, but tithing, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. I look forward to, why? What's the difference? You hunger after what you feed on. Same with walking in love, same with walking, it's a flow. It's a flow. So this is how we act on these things. Okay, so verse 10. Well, let me read verse 9 again. For this cause also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that. You could put in your Bible, in order that. Verse 10 and 11 now, he's going to tell you the benefits of walking in the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. In this verse, it shows you the divine influence on your heart and its reflection out of your life that you would walk worthy of the Lord. This is a big thing. First of all, the word walk. This is the key. You don't walk with God like this. I'm not thinking, I'm just walking. I'm just, you know, I just, have you ever done this? You go all of a sudden, it's three o'clock, you're like, man, I have no idea what I've been saying. I don't even know what I'm thinking. No, no, no. When, when, you start to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, your walk will go from this to pretty soon you're down here and then you step. Then you're here and then you step. This word walk means a forward progression one step at a time. In other words, what will happen to you is everything slows down. It gets so crystal clear, you're not confused anymore. There is no shadow of turning in God. There's no confusion in him. So walking, a forward movement, one step at a time, this, is just, this Greek word describes a pattern of conduct and a lifestyle. You go from talking first and thinking about it to as you're walking in the knowledge of his will with all, wis with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, you start to look down here before and pretty soon your spirit starts teaching your mouth what to say. Does that make sense? Everything, because what's happening, everything slows down and gets simpler because you are no longer trying to make it happen. Deadlines, they go out the window. You don't care. Because you already know you have. I'm not trying to get anymore. And then it says, I'm to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. This phrase, walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, means as you do this, as you're walking like this, which is just a result of being filled with the knowledge of his will. It slows everything down. Now you're walking one step at a time and you're walking with this, this desire starts growing in your heart. And it's a desire that in every area, this is what this Greek word means, unto all pleasing. 
It means as I'm walking, the desire of my heart is to please my Father in every area of my life. Now, here's the thing. You cannot do that in your own strength. Isn't that good news? You can't. So, so don't sit here and go, okay, I gotta, I'm going to do it, pastor. I'm doing it. Here we go. No, 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 no. No, because that would be like me going, okay, come on over. It'd be, if, if, if this is like a bench press, go ahead and lay down. You're going to do this thing. Okay, great. I'm going to put 900 pounds on it. And go, okay, knock yourself out. It's impossible. You can't do it in your own strength. This is why Jesus said, listen, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. It's light. And it says here, being fruitful in every good work and increasing. So this is not a one-time event. I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. See, John 15 and four, verse 4 and 5 says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you bear fruit except you abide in me. I'm the vine, Jesus says, you're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brothers and sisters, you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you can't do this on your own. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. See, the secret of the Christian life is living my life from the strength and from the resources of Christ himself. This is so important. Man, we had such a good time with the men Tuesday morning. We made that statement. I remember when Jesus told me that statement. I remember that came on the... On the after he said the, the really uplifting, life-changing statement, Tony, will you do me a favor and stop trying to live for me and let me live through you? Because the secret is living from the strength and resources of him, not me. So Paul is praying that these Colossians' lives will produce all kinds of good works through their union with Christ. That their lives will continue to keep growing and producing fruit. And I said this Tuesday, good works is the fruit of our salvation. It's not the root of our salvation. Only by growth in the word and walking in the spirit can we produce divine good works which produce stability in life which will draw all of your fruit to you. It'll give you influence so that you can be a blessing. Verse 11, strengthened with all might. This is another benefit of walking in the knowledge of God's will. Strengthened with all might. Wow, this is a present participle signifying a continuous action, not a one-time event. So you could read this, continually strengthened with all might. Now this tilts you. Even saying this, I am completely tilted by this right now. Because God says, when you're filled with the knowledge of my will for your life and all wisdom and spiritual understanding... You will be strengthened with all of my dunamis power. Not some of it, all of it. What, what's that going to do in your life? But it's not, even, it's not even enough. Then it goes according to his glorious power. This is the Greek word kratos. I am strengthened with all of his dunamis 
according to his glorious kratos. This, the kratos power of God is what rose Jesus from the dead spiritually and rose you and I 2,000 years ago. The kratos power of God is what he rules the universe. Everything is held in place by the kratos power of God. And God says, I'm going to strengthen you with all of it. That's amazing. That's, that's what it means. Be strong in the Lord. That's, this is not just a little strength. And it says here, now this is, this is what results when God strengthens you like this. It results in patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Now hang with me. I'm going to go a few more minutes. When, whenever you understand the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding... You will be strengthened with all the dunamis and kratos power, which will result in you walking in patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Patience. That has nothing to do with people. That's with circumstances. Patience is a fruit of your spirit. See, when you know God has a future for you, and you're strengthened, you know his will, Now you're strengthened with all might. What happens is this strength stirs the fruit of your spirit. And now patience. When you are in a circumstance, your body's hurting, things are going wrong, and everything seems like you're going backwards, but you have the word of God, it comes up, and it'll grab hold of your mind, and it'll hold your mind on the word of God And so it's constantly in your heart coming out of your mouth until that circumstance changes. That's why time tests faith. Not when you walk in patience, it doesn't. Because patience, the fruit of your spirit, it's, it's literally, it means endurance. It means endurance that grows when it's under trial. Isn't that amazing? So in every circumstance of your life, now you have this patience, this endurance. How long can you believe? I believe until. He that endures till the end shall be saved, healed, delivered, right? But now it says, and long-suffering. Long-suffering. Praise God for long-suffering. Because it causes you to be able to suffer long with people that kind of get underneath your skin. Right? Right? This word long-suffering, it denotes a self-restraint despite some circumstances that's coming from people which might arouse some agitation in you. Now, you guys might have not even know what I'm talking about right now, but I have a feeling maybe we do, right? It deals with people and specifically with relationships. Do you know who hurts you the most? Or agitates you the most. It's, it's, it's not the guy that cuts you off on Dodge. You're not really happy. But three seconds later you're not thinking about him anymore. But it's your uncle. It's your, it's your best friend. It's your family. You know. Some people are like oh man. Christmas is coming. Oh, we got to go here. Right. Well you need long suffering. But you don't just need long-suffering, you need it with joyfulness. See, this is with joyfulness. God strengthens us to do our service in life from the same standard of the power of his glory. See, this power is not just to get you things. That is, God wants you to have things. He loves that. But it's not just to get you things. This is to get you successfully through every trial and circumstance of your life with joy. That's right. You're like, what? Oh, yeah. Can't steal my joy. My joy is my strength. Because guess what? It's not my joy. It's the joy of the Lord. Right? As we understand and walk in God's word, We are empowered by God's strength. Let me say that again if you leave with nothing else. As I walk in the word, I'm empowered by his strength. If I'm not walking in the word, I'm not empowered by his strength. 
Do you see why some people are distraught? God's will is that we have patience to go through the trials which then strengthen us and is a witness and encouragement to others. It's the reflection. Those who are carnal believers or unbelievers, they cannot experience God's joy in adverse circumstances. Now the carnal Christian can if they step out of carnality and get their eyes back on the word. It's right there for them. The trials that you and I face are nothing more than an opportunity to apply the promises of God to our situation to see him be glorified in everything. So let me finish with verse 12. Giving thanks. In other words, this is continuous. Continuously giving thanks unto the Father, which hath, past tense, made us. This Greek phrase made us means he's qualified us, meet, or he's qualified us able to partake of the inheritance of the saints in life. God literally created you and made you able to lay hold of your healing. It's the easiest thing in the world to lay hold of the finances that you need, to lay hold of freedom from any addiction, to lay hold of anything that he's promised you. He's made you able. Not, you're not able within yourself. He made you able. Wow, is that good news. Man, that's good preaching. In other words, literally, this, literal, this verse 12 literally would read like this. Constantly giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. In other words, every child of God has been supernaturally enabled to manifest the blessings of our inheritance. The ability is there. It's all there. He gave it to us. We just have to decide to use it. 